Welcome to the Nuggets Inc. Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schubert. We'll be joined, as always, by Mike Singer, our Denver Post Nuggets beat writer. We got a lot of topics to get to. Going to play buy or sell with a bunch of different stuff. Going to get your questions off of Twitter. Trade talk, MVP talk, first place talk. Aaron Gordon killed a guy. We got all that coming up and more next. Mike Singer. It's January 4th, roughly 8.30 p.m. We're in my home in Lincoln Park, lovely abode. The Nuggets are in first place in the Western Conference. My dog is in heat. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. Uh, just got out of snowy Minneapolis. Um, a, a, a dispiriting loss, although maybe not a surprising one. The the fifth game in seven nights. Uh, How does that happen? It, it There's a lot of ways it happens, but one team has lost six in a row, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're players only meeting. There's a lot of... Um, I always love the NBA players only. The, the, there's a lot of angst uh, on you know in their locker room and their organization kind of coming into this game. Uh, the Nuggets are riding high. One of their marquee wins of the year uh, coming off of the Boston win. Um, you know, head to Minneapolis. And the 35 minute delay didn't help. Imagine those 35 minutes more sleep could have helped. Um, you know, obviously with the with the rim alteration against Boston. But um, I think that there was a lot of fatigue going on. I don't think anyone wants to cop to it or admit that that the guys weren't, you know, didn't have all their spring to them. Certainly, Nicola did not look, uh, you know, his bounciest. He uh, he's getting, you know, Kyle Anderson's Does jumping. Does he ever up. look bouncy? He- yeah, put him in the dunk contest. <laughs> Um, Kyle Anderson's getting offensive rebounds over him. He, he he's missing shots that you're just accustomed to him making. Uh, I mean, Joker was going up against Nathan Knight uh, and Luca Garza, a couple G leaguers, oh, uh, and, and Rudy. I can't say that they, you know, Rudy wasn't there, but you, you would expect Joker to have a monster night. Um, and he had a good night, but he didn't go crazy. Uh, Ag four of 18, 16 rebounds, twelve points. Kind of weird night for him. That's his first clunker in a while. And uh, Jamal Murray, uh, invisible in the first half, shows up in the third quarter, kind of quiet in the fourth quarter, and Michael Porter just has kind of his spurts as well. So just an odd, odd game. Um, And one team was significantly hungrier uh, and and more desperate to win, and and that was the Timberwolves. That's how, uh, quote-unquote, clunkers like that happen. Well, this is a sunny podcast, Mike Singer, and we want to focus on the positives. And there's a lot of them with the Nuggets right now. I mean, they're 10-3 and 10-3 in, in their last 13. You just took it right out of my mouth. They won, uh, I'd say, one of the most exciting home games uh, in the last, I don't know, two to three years with that win over the Phoenix Suns on Christmas night. I mean, the crowd was nuts. Uh, signature play. Aaron Gordon killed a guy. Um, and and on top of that, uh, we've got 9 of 10 at home coming you know up. How, you know how on the Mavericks court there's like a silhouette of Dirk leaning back right along the baseline? Uh, on the Nuggets court, they need to put a silhouette of Landry Shamit. <laughs> it was just, like a chalk outline? Yeah, just dead. <laughs> just he, He's out. That, that, next time they see Phoenix, Landry Shaman won't be on that team. You know the crazy thing about that? And that was an extraordinary play. And 
they almost called an offensive foul on that. How dare you? Um, but before that even happened, that place was electric. There was multiple plays. The the hustle play. You remember the hustle play? Uh, Aaron Gordon saves a ball that's going to go out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. And then gets back into a play for a reverse layup, and the crowd's going nuts for that. It just seemed like, I, for some reason, that night, that building was absolutely on fire. Yeah, I mean, and national TV games, certainly people are realizing, look at these marquee wins, Boston, um, Phoenix, Memphis, uh, without Jamal, uh, the Boston win without Jamal as well. Like, this is a, a team that has accrued a handful of signature wins, and I wouldn't even say that, I would say they're at like 88 percent capacity and most of that most of the improvement stands on the defensive end didn't look like it against boston they killed boston offensively they are a juggernaut i wrote this i think at game two or game three of the season that they would be an offensive juggernaut uh oh by the way still leading the nba in three-point shooting hovering around 40 percent like four or five guys at above 40 percent like the team is a joke offensively if they buy in or commit defensively it's a wrap like this team, it is within their capability to win a championship if they commit defensively. Um, I've, I've talked to numerous executives around the league, and everybody's buying them. So I, I realize we'll get to buy or sell later, but um, the oh, league is. You just stole my segue. The, I, you, you, you you set up the segue on a silver platter, and, and then, then you just it. tossed it aside. Yeah, that's what we call uh, tossing uh, tossing the ball off the backboard and ooping it to myself. <laughs> All right. Well, I gave it away, but but we are going to have two segments uh, here today. For questions for Mike Singer. We're going to allow Mike to answer everything that we want to know about this Nuggets franchise right now. Uh, first, my own questions in buy or sell. It's a pretty simple premise. I put something out there. Will Mike buy I swat it? it? I swat it away. You swat it away, or, or will he dunk it into the basket? And then second half. Uh, Mike put a call out on Twitter uh, for uh, listeners, our many listeners, at least at least two dozen of you. I like Mike's family members, my wife, um, big fans. <laughs> I'm not Najee by nature. I, I think that's like basically our our fan base right there. But we're going to answer all your questions from Twitter. So without further ado, we're not messing around. Let's just get into buy or sell. So my first question for you mike singer buy or sell bruce brown is shooting 40.5 percent from three is that going to continue i'm buying you're buying i'm buying i'm buying all of all the bruce brown stock um i think he shot 40 last year in brooklyn and you know what's funny is i asked bruce after the boston game I was like, what's it going to take for somebody to, for, for opposing teams to respect your three-point shot? And he's like, man, I hope they don't. I want They're to, daring him. Yeah, they are daring him. And and I don't know why they continue to dare him. Because from the corner, he is very reliable. Um, you know, I'm, again, they're shooting 48, or 40% from three. Bruce is, is 40.5 on not an insignificant amount of attempts. 3.2 attempts a game. Right. In fact, that's the most that he has attempted per game in a season so far. I'll give you his career averages. 25.8, 20, 34.4, 28.8, and then last year 40.4. So he's shooting a career high right now at 40.5. Yeah, I'm buying him for uh, I'm buying that for a ton of reasons. I think that this dude has like a perpetual chip on his shoulder. It's pretty funny. 
Um, he's also shot 116 threes uh, so far, which is a new career high. And we are not even 50% of the way through the through right. regular season. Like the dude has been to say he has been a fit is like the understatement of the season. It was so shrewd and such a um, savvy signing hilarious that it came on the second day because this the the fit makes you think that they should have gone and grabbed him in in the deandre jordan zone within the first three minutes of free well if you remember the free agency started and like nuggets fans were an open revolt because of the deandre jordan signing and then a day later this news comes and i mean we talked about on the podcast but it wasn't like it was some huge bombshell yeah, um, but it's turned out that way. But I mean, he's he's the ultimate utility guy. He he plays the one and the two. He excels at the one and two. Can play the three and the four. Can start. Can come off the bench. Can defend bigger guys. Not as well as he defends smaller guys. Uh, can handle. Can set screens. Like this he, dude is. He just, competes. He and, and competes and competes his butt off. Um, and you know, just checks so many boxes for them. Uh, the player option coming up i know this was not part of the buy or sell but the player option he has this summer um we've discussed it i don't i don't think there's a chance that he picks it up however uh i i wonder what what would make him pause you know he's playing alongside Nikola Jokic the two-time mvp potential three-time mvp who who Bruce Brown vouched for he's like he's my mvp he's the league's mvp Well, if, he's if, making him a lot of money so i'm sure he's He's making heavy. him a lot yeah there's a symbiotic relationship here but but Joker loves Bruce Brown oh, I'm sure loves does. him loves that he's selfless loves that he plays hard loves that he's smart um and you know when you when when you look at kind of his trajectory, Bruce's trajectory, where he's kind of he's been a little bit of a nomad, and he and he finds a place where he's valued. Remember that was the whole thing. He goes to his one of his first conversations with Michael Malone. I don't think coaches know how to use me. Well, uh, Michael Malone ha- has deployed him correctly well, as a guard. He's empowered him as a guard. How much of that is Michael Malone, and how much of that is he's getting to play with Nikola Jokic, who just knows he's such a conductor of an offense. Sure, I mean that's the free agent pitch, man. So again. Like you, you, I got a question for you. This isn't buy or sell, but I'm doing it anyway. If what at this point are the does the Nuggets front office have like a part of their whiteboard, you know, in in their um, in their offices there that's devoted to trying to figure out a way to move other salaries so that they can pay him this offseason? I don't think that I, I think that that's a little far fetched, but but I do think that they want to do everything they can to keep him like up and down the like you know. But that's what they'd have to do, right? Pl- player development guys, um, coaches, teammates. They everyone loves Bruce. Everybody rocks with Bruce. So and I and I, I was talking to somebody about this. What is the best case scenario without doing the salary cap gymnastics, you can only pay him 120% of what he's making now. So I think around 8 million, but without doing that, is there a scenario where he recognizes the value of playing with Joker, recognize that he's going to get paid the year after assuming he stays? What is the best case scenario? And the best case I came up with is you get to the finals and you lose in the finals, not you win in the finals because then it's like, I got mine. I, I got my chip. Now I can go get paid. The disease of me. Well, I'm saying you lose in the finals. You get a taste of it. Am I going to get back here? And uh, and now that I got a taste of it, 
I want this. Are you telling us that we have to root for the Nuggets to lose the NBA Finals? I, I'm not saying that, but I'm I'm trying to connect dots and say what is the what is a plausible scenario? Because look, what is a quote unquote win for the Nuggets this year in 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 terms of the Bruce Brown um, decision? Should we hold an ESPN special? The decision, <laughs> like what what is what is the win? Are is you, are you Jim Gray? In that. Yeah, I'm Jim Gray in that situation. Um, uh, what what color shirt are you? Were you nervous? What color shirt are you wearing? Um, and uh, and you know, I think that from the Nuggets' perspective, all you can hope for is that it gives him pause. The season is so successful that it makes him think. And I think if you win at all, that gives him pause. And I am extremely confident that that it does not fall on deaf ears if you're Bruce Brown. I, I, I think that he is a thoughtful, obviously cognizant of everything, of, of how successful this year has gone so far. Um, he says he loves it here. So all of that taken into consideration, what is the best case scenario? Like, I'm, you know, every they want to keep him. I don't know that they're going to be able to keep him because players have a finite chance to make money. And if we're, again, looking at the context – he was a second day guy who got paid under market value. So how is that going to work when he hasn't had his big payday yet? And is he in line to have his big payday? And what does a big payday look like? Are we talking, you know, mid-level money, which is 10.8 million? Are we talking um, 12 to 14? Because if we're talking that, then no one in their right mind can can begrudge Bruce Brown for taking the money. No, I don't think anybody would. How about this? My man... Loves him some cowboy hats. He's he's been a cowboy. Take him to downtown Denver tomorrow when they trot the steers down. I think it's Broadway. I'm pretty sure it's Broadway that they okay. do. The, it's the National Western Stock Show. It's coming to town tomorrow. It's he like, is a cowboy. Yeah, you're a cowboy. Check it. We got cows walking through the streets, Bruce. He fancies himself a cowboy. Loves his uh, loves his country music. Um, love- that is amazing. A, a, a dude from Boston. I love it. I love that aspect about him. I was actually thinking about that. Think about how confident you have to be in yourself to just lean into your country, your affinity for country. <laughs> that is, I love that aspect about him. I just, I, I, I mostly just love quirks. And he, I wouldn't say he's a really quirky guy, but he has his tics. If you have a Venn diagram of country music fans and NBA basketball players, like, it's not a big – there's not a big overlap. <laughs> but, look, he's out there shooting pregames, like strumming a fake guitar. I'm not playing. You can almost – if you squint your eyes, you know, just so, you can see him warming up from the three-point line in cowboy boots. <laughs> Again, that's just so. <laughs> All right. All right, next one, buy or sell. This is the other side of the coin on that. Uh, Jamal Murray, he's currently shooting, I believe, 34% from three. Um, not great. Could he shoot above 40% in the second half as he gets his legs under him? Buy or sell Jamal Murray shooting above 40% in the second half of the season? I think I'm, I think I'm selling that. Um, you know, look, Jamal has only one time shot above 40% uh, throughout the throughout an entire season, um, twenty twenty one season, the year he he tore his ACL, um, I just, I mean, especially at his volume, that's that's a lot, and, and what they expect him to shoot over five a game, I don't think that he's going to get up there uh, at this point. I mean, you know, 
He's actually shooting. He's actually shooting thirty five point eight percent right now. Okay. Uh, and so the second half of the year, he'd have to catch. I mean, he'd have to catch KCP fire. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is is can he get to that level in the second half? Um, I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I, I I just think that look, there's a lot going on with Jamal right now. He's um, he he's kind of been inconsistent. He he's had some you know 23, 24, 25 point games. I think three or four of them in the last eight. He's also had some total duds. Five point game, six point game, and it's kind of like which Jamal are you going to get right now? And Malone talks about this all the time of evening out those undulating peaks, peaks and valleys. Just like, let's get consistent, Jamal. Give me give me 17 or 19 a night. Give me five assists and five rebounds and call it a day. Like, just so we know what we can bank on, you know, from you. Well, it was just so disheartening in the Minnesota game because he was, he was a non-factor in the first half. And again, he didn't play the night before in Boston definitely by design um you know one of those you know quote-unquote load management decisions which fine I got no problem with that um and then he didn't show up in the first half and he caught fire in the third quarter I think he had 10 in the 10 in the third quarter and he started to catch a rhythm and then this kind of gets into what Malone was talking about at today's practice like they have started staggering Jamal Murray with the second unit which has been Bones Bruce um Zeke and you know, uh, and Vlaco and Zeke's been playing a small ball five, which is not his preferred position. And, um, Bruce has been playing up at Get the three. Get used to it, Zeke. Bruce has been playing up at the three and Jamal and Bones are trying to do their awkward. If, if, if Nicola and Jamal have just like a sweet salsa dance that they got going on, I don't want to. I don't even know what the comparison is between Jamal and Bones. They're stepping on each other's toes right now. That's great. They're stepping on each other's toes, and it's it it's too much of a my turn, your turn type thing. Um, and it's and Malone said today, I feel bad for Jamal, which is an interesting you know admission when you're the one making the decisions and pulling the reins, and he's just like. You know, I think that there's something there between Jamal and Bones that they can work off each other. Yes, in theory, they they do uh, stress a defense and and both put a lot of pressure as a breakdown guy and guys that can create their own shot. But it you know it it almost comes at the expense of the other, and and that's a and not just that it comes at the expense of other players too. I mean, we're not getting uh, Brown out there, Christian Brown. Yeah, Christian Brown has not played because of this, um, and. You know, because Malone said we don't want to go small. Small entails Bruce Brown at the three, maybe Christian Brown at the four, which is it's a small. That's a six foot seven is too small for a power forward, uh, especially if Zeke's going to be your small ball five at six ten. So, it, it the the second unit is just it. If the Nuggets don't realize their potential, it's because the second unit held them back. They never figure out, or the or the defense that. just never coalesced i i guess to me like it can kind of be a problem all season because it won't matter when you get to the postseason once the rotation gets shrunk right yeah i mean you play eight nine guys in the playoffs um so maybe it's less of a problem but we've talked about this before christian brown should be on the right side of the playoff cut he has shown enough of um look gary payton last year gary payton was valuable for turn the finals very valuable for the Golden State Warriors. Why was he so valuable? Because he was a he was a Swiss Army knife defensively. Christian Brown can do that. I'm not saying Christian Brown's going to be the, you know swing the finals, but well, he, Bruce Brown is kind of like that too. Yeah, like 
I, I mean, I just, I think Malone copped to this. He was like, I need to find a way to get Christian on the floor. He's an impactful player. And so, you know, if, if that's, if, if that's the negative of the, the current substitution pattern, then maybe, then maybe Michael Porter should be staggering with the second unit, or maybe Aaron Gordon should be staggering with the second unit. And, um, and maybe you're making Jamal's life a little bit easier by pairing it, his, his comeback and his return with Joker and greasing those wheels. Because like, there is just there are so many times where Bones will monopolize a, a possession, or Jamal will say, you know, no, it's my turn now, and like you're almost they're playing off against each other, and 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 maybe maybe it can get to a place uh, where it's working, but you know, when you are coming back from your ACL and you're playing like five minute stints, then you're sitting for three minutes, then you're coming back, you're playing with new guys, um, and then you're resting again, and then you finish the half with the starters. That's tough on Jamal and so Malone said I I sat next to him on the flight back to Minnesota and we were probably and he didn't say what they talked about you can assume they were leveling they were they were talking about the frustrations of how how do you quell some of these inconsistencies why why not stagger with Michael Porter Jr. instead I mean they were doing that um I you know I I think that maybe they wanted to empower Jamal as a scorer because he's not really I mean, he he can be with that starting unit, but like he's more. He, there's a lot of options, right? So with that second, I, I like the idea of Porter being there because it's, he, he just is a different type of player than Bones, uh, and Bones can break down and then and then kick out and spray mm-hmm. out. Jamal can do all. There's a lot of overlap. We talk about Venn diagrams. This is a big yeah. Venn diagram episode. There's there's a fair amount of overlap between Bones and Jamal. There are two guards. Uh, that have worked together well. I mean, C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard did it for years. Um, it, it can work. Um, I, I guess it, it just takes maybe time for them to get to know how to work off of each other, if that's the hope here. It's not just that. Bones is still trying to, like, establish himself. Um, and Bones is trying to, you know, figure out who he is in the league. Like been playing all right lately. Bon- second year, Bones is averaging 13.4 points. 21 minutes a game on 41% um, from three. Uh, let's contrast that with uh, with Jamal Murray, who in his second year averaged 16.7 points a game on 32 minutes per game and on 37.8% from three. So on a per 36 basis, can I say it? I mean, you could, Bo- but Bones I, I would is, counter. Th- that's... I'm just saying, right now, Bones is is a better second year player than Jamal was as a second year player. Better second year scorer. Um, I, I great, mean, great, great caveat. Jamal, I think you would you would say was a was better at creating for others at that point. Bones is not particularly great at that yet. You're right, but um, you know, and look, Jamal was a second year guy starting. That's right. that's hard, and there's right. and with a bad play, team, and too. you're playing better. You're playing against better defenses, and um, and and Bones is now is you know the the sixth. I don't know if he's the sixth man, but he is. I wrote this. He's the most important player on on the Nuggets' most vulnerable unit, which elevates his importance and you know his gravity to the team. Sure. Okay. All right. Next one. Aaron Gordon. We talked about him. He caught a body. He's caught on, a lot on, of bodies on Christmas. Um, you wrote about this too, I believe in the wake of that said murder, um, all-star Aaron Gordon buy or sell. I'm buying. Um, okay. So if you're buying, I'm going to walk you through it. Okay. Let's do it. Is that what you were getting at? I want to know who's not going to be on there instead of him. So you wanted the walkthrough. Yeah. 
All right, let sit down, Matt. I, I'm, I'm gonna take you on a tour right. of uh, taking a seat. Take you on a tour of Colfax. It, it was really tough standing for all this time, by the way. It, it's a good workout. Um, so you know, I kind of did this exercise, and and the way it works is the media. In fact, I just got my media vote today. I uh, heard from the NBA. You want to vote? Yep, I, I'll vote. That's cool. Like super easy, nothing to it. Um, you do some research, and the way it works is the media, the fans, and the players. I think fans say 50% of the vote uh, on the players. Um, we vote on the starters. So uh, this year... He will not be a starter. This year, the West the West starters could not be easier. Some guy named uh, Nikola Jokic... He's pretty good. ...will be starting. Uh, maybe Luka, you think? Mm, uh, Luka, actually, I think he's going to be uh, pegged as a guard. Yeah. I believe. I think he had... And, and, and it gets real messed up if he's not. So I am crossing my fingers that everyone sees him as a guard. Um, some guy named Zion. Yeah, he's been good. He's been all right. Um, and some guy who just turned 38 years old. You think he's, he's still going to? I do. Really? I do. And the guy we're referring to is LeBron James. I think he is going to be a starter. <laughs> if not as like a swan song type thing, or maybe a, le- a career achievement award. Like well, You have the fans involved. Uh, it seems great like- point. Yes. When the fans are involved and they ha- it's, a, it's a weighted vote, uh, LeBron's getting in LeBron, I think will be starting. So that's, there's your three front court guys in the West. The, the reserves get selected by the coaches vote. Okay. So the coaches vote on three front court reserves, two back court reserves, and then two wild cards come from either, either position. Okay. So I looked up, I said, who, who's AG going to be in competition with, uh, one guy who I think will definitely be a reserve vote is Paul George. Paul George has played enough games. The Clippers are successful enough. I think he's carried enough while Kawhi has been in and out that I think PG is going to be uh, voted in. Another name, DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, Sacramento Kings are you know among the best stories in the league. They are uh, potentially going to make the playoffs and that drought and Sabonis is among the league leaders. If he's not outright leading the league in rebounding, um, he's really good. Domas is awesome. And, um, you know, uh, everyone in their Tyrese Halliburton, uh, jerseys with their pitchforks, uh, can shove it, uh, <laughs> because it was, uh, maybe it's worked out all right for them. I mean, you got an all-star and maybe you traded a, a young budding all-star, but, uh, you see what Wally Zerbiak said? I did not. Uh, Wally Zerbiak goes, Tyrese Halliburton, not an all-star. And it was like, and man, the whole NBA community clowned on <laughs> Wally Zerbiak because Tyrese is awesome. Um, so so you got Domas, you got PG. Um, th- this third one might be the lockiest of them. And the reason I say that, the all-star game is in Salt Lake City. I was about to say, you're going to say Lowry Markkinen, correct? Uh, I was going to say Jared Vanderbilt. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, I was going to say Lowry Mark. To me, like he has to be on. He will be on it. I think he's averaging almost 24 points a yes. game. Yeah, he's a killer. Um, and uh, and if he's not, someone also asked me this uh, recently, is he the most improved player? And I think he is. I think Lowry is, it was NBA.com sent me a survey and I was like kind of going through it. Lowry like, Went from I think fifteen or sixteen points a game to twenty four. She didn't like, like Shay out. Shay Gilgis. I love Shay, but Shay was already a beast. But he's like now he's now he's a beast beast. He's like first I team know, All I, NBA. I get it. I get it. Shay's awesome. 
Uh, I got I got all the love in the world for Shea. But um, All-Star Game is not in Oklahoma City. All-Star Game is in Salt Lake City. And um, Lowry Markkinen is going to be at that game. He has to be. And if the coaches don't vote him in, Adam Silver will put him there. <laughs> okay? So now we're down to two spots, ambiguous spots, the wild card spots. Who is AG up against? I think that AG is is going to be up against and and again this I mean this encompasses SGAs. This encompasses um Deer and Foxes. I think that there will probably be one forward and one uh guard from that group uh, among the forwards. AG will be competing against DeAndre Ayton. That's I, he's doing he, all right. He's in the conversation. He's in the conversation. I mean, they're fading right now, so I know he's in the conversation. Um old friend Jeremy Grant. Nah, you, he's got to be ahead of Jeremy. I, I think that he is ahead of Jeremy. I'm just telling you who is in the conversation. Uh, and, and the conversation is not done yet. Like there's, you know, these next couple weeks, right. once once these names really start um, solidifying, uh, Jeremy Grant's averaging 22 a game, uh, 4.3 rebounds, 2.7 assists, and, and the Blazers are are pretty good. So yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're nineteen and eighteen. They're they're okay. They're fine. They're fine. But they are they are who we thought they were. Uh, you know, a fi- a middling five hundred team who yes. was going to be hovering on the outs- outskirts of the playoff race. Cool. Um, uh, you know, good for you, JG. I think that if the Nuggets are the one or the two seed, uh, AG will get that vote. Uh, you can't go De'Aaron Fox, in my opinion, because the if you've already got Domas, you can't go De'Aaron Fox because De'Aaron Fox, um, you can't give two kings when they're in the fifth seed without giving two nuggets, right? I wouldn't think, yeah. And, and, and so who's the second? who's been the second best player on the nuggets? It's AG. Oh, yeah, by a mile. It's AG. And so... Um, I don't, you know, I don't know if you were ready for me to walk you through everybody. I, I was not. I was ready for this one, <laughs> and and the reason I say that is because, look, it's not often that the media has a, a ton of leverage or a ton of. Um, you're, you're always looking for angles, right? You're always looking for ways to engage people. I am going to have that exact same conversation that you all just heard. I'm going to have that conversation with Michael Malone, and I'm going to say, "Hey, man, uh, are you lobbying for your guy?" And if you're not, why the hell aren't you? Because that conversation that I just had needs to be had. Like, I don't think I missed any. Maybe I missed some. Uh, I think McCall Bridges is is in the conversation uh, as well. I know. I, I, I know that they're fading. I'm telling you, who is who can you talk yourself into? That's what I was trying to do in, in kind of looking at this. Um, Michael Malone needs to hit up. His his boys in the West. He, he might be the coach of the All Star Game. Well, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Uh, they they were the coach in Charlotte, uh, I think 2018, 2019. And if I remember correctly, when we got to Charlotte, that was the day they announced extensions for all their guys, like the whole front office. So um, there's a non-zero chance that they are uh, hanging out with Lowry Market in Salt Lake City. Um, <laughs> And uh, and myself uh, in February, um, but AG sh- can, can, AG has a chance, a very a strong chance to be there as well. And you know, you you kind of look on the margins. You're like, where? What could affect this? 
you know, this, this shoulder injury has cropped up recently um, for AG. He, he was, I think, 4 of 18 against Minnesota. It wasn't particularly great against Boston. And we don't even know how that happened, right? We don't know. I, I wondered whether it happened on the Shamit, on the Shamit slam. He landed awkwardly. He landed awkwardly on that. I don't think it happened. I, I've talked to other people, you know, around the team close to AG. I don't think that it happened on that play. I think that it happened. There was like a, a cumulative effect throughout the game, and okay. and, and I do think uh, I think I do think like you know he's been dealing with with this for a little bit. I don't think it was something triggered it. Um, so you know it's kind of like when Porter had his heel issue. It was a cumulative thing. Uh, I don't think any, one instance happened. Um, but look. All things considered, AG is having a freakish year. If you didn't, you know, I, I wrote this uh, a Sunday ago. AG is averaging. I, I think he's. I think he's. His efficiency is about sixty-eight percent on two pointers, and it, maybe it dropped down after the um, the Minnesota mess. Uh, but was 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 connecting on sixty-eight percent of two pointers. Zion Williamson was connecting on sixty-two percent of twos. 64.6, right? Okay, it dropped. But still, 64.6. I mean, that is, I wrote this, it is among the best numbers for centers. Forget about power forwards. For centers. And uh, and AG is, is you know, we, don't, we think of Zion Williamson as this physical freak who just bullies people. Guess what? AG's been doing that too. And he's leaning into it too. That, I think that's the part that that's. He's a bad dude. He's decided that's the guy I'm going to be now, and it's working out. So, all right, Ag, you're buying on All Star. I'm buying because because if Michael Malone's not going to get in opposing coaches' ears, I will. I'll carry that flag. <laughs> I will. I will just you know look pregame press conferences with opposing coaches. Hey, uh, you you know you have a vote. Is Aaron Gordon an All Star? Let's put it on them. Let's let's hold hold their feet to the fire. <laughs> let's do some capital J journalism. <laughs> Next question. Nuggets buyers at the trade deadline. I think that they are buyers. Um, buying that they're buyers. I'm buying that they're buyers. I think that they need to improve on the margins. I think Calvin Booth believes they need to improve on the margins. Um, what do the margins look like? It's the we've talked about the inconsistencies on the bench. So do you get an upgrade, a more trustworthy, um, more uh, established guard, a, a, a lead ball handler? Do you improve on the wing? Tough for me to say you, you have to improve on the wing. When, Seems like they have a lot of guys. When you're not even able to get... Um, yeah, Christian Brown's not getting on the floor. Uh, yeah, when you're not able to get Christian Brown on the floor. So what... You know, in what world? Look, this is also this is a thing that Tim Connolly had to deal with, and I don't know if it's yes, it's had to deal with. Every executive coach has to deal with this. Sometimes you make moves, and those moves don't necessarily pan out because the coach has his has a different decision and has a different uh, opinion and a different um, you know way he wants to interpret these players and, and how he views, you know, putting the puzzle together. And so just because Calvin trades for somebody does not necessarily mean that that, um, that that will yield a significant change. JaVale McGee, <clears throat> Isaiah Hardenstein. <clears throat> um, sorry, I got something in my throat. Um, it, you know, do they get a backup five? Like to like they clearly, there's clearly not a lot of trust 
there's clearly not a lot of trust or 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 uh, foundational consistency in riding with DeAndre or riding with Zeke. Both, neither one have have really grabbed this by the horns. No, I. But the thing is, is like you do that, and then Michael Malone still doesn't play him. You know, like it, it's we've already seen that coming up with a backup center solution for the Nuggets that Michael Malone is going to utilize is a tough ask. Uh, I think it worked with Boogie for a second there because he loves Boogie. But uh, outside of that, I don't know, Plumley Is that pretty much it? Did I list off the only two backup centers in the last five years that have, that have worked? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's you know there. You talk about job security. Um, I might I might I might prefer to be the Denver Broncos head coach rather than uh, <laughs> rather than uh, Nikola Jokic's backup five. <laughs> oh man, Nathaniel Hackett caught astray there. Poor guy. That's okay. <laughs> if he's worried about what is said on some innocuous BS basketball podcast. <laughs> My man's got bigger fish to fry back right. in Wisconsin. Last one before we uh, take a break and get to uh, your Twitter questions. Nuggets currently in first place tied with the Memphis Grizzlies. Will they be the number one seed buy or sell Nuggets number one seed in the West at the end of the regular season? I think I'm selling. Um, really? I, I, I think I'm selling. It's just so such a cluster um at the top of the west you know you know five games separate the one through the nine seed phoenix is the nine seed right now i'm not saying phoenix is jumping up there but i just think you know it's it's kind of the the mvp question i I think i'm taking the field on this one i am not saying i'm taking the field on the mvp question (laughs) but i'm just saying you know your options i think memphis um they're, they haven't been fully healthy. Uh, I think the Pelicans, they can catch one. They haven't been fully healthy. B.I. hasn't played a ton. Uh, Dallas, does Dallas make an upgrade at the at the deadline? If they don't, they're not going to be the one seed. Sure. And, and, and the Clippers, I don't think we've seen anything close to the best of the Clippers. So I just think that I think that there's too okay. many contenders. Uh, I mean, the Nuggets will be in the conversation. Uh, I think I'm just taking the field. Um, okay, here's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why you're wrong. Okay. Okay. Uh, so all of those teams, the only one that really poses a threat in my mind is the Memphis Grizzlies. That's that's okay. that's the only one that poses a threat. Outside of that, nine of the next ten games at home. So this is a point where now the Nuggets are going to get to get some space to put some space between them and the rest of the West. They're playing well. They're healthy for the most part, um, and. They've already played a ton of road games. They the schedule is working in their favor now. I I just don't see how they don't pull it off. And all of these numbers, the numbers that we're talking about, the defensive numbers that have to improve. You know how you're going to see them improve with them playing a ton of games in Denver. Yeah, I mean the schedule has definitely hurt them uh, in that regard. We talked about point differential last last time, right? Uh, and they're the fourth best point differential in the West. And, you know, the defense, I think, is still 25th, 25th overall. And in the last 13, uh, I think they're up to 12th. Uh, if you just look at the last 13 where they went 10-3, and three, um, you know, 13. So they have the capability to play, to lock in and play good defense. Uh, it, you know, for whatever reason, just the, the, in total aggregate, they are, 
they uh, they probably have to have the lowest defensive rating for a team with realistic uh, ideas on on making a deep run. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. With that, you just sold. So we're just gonna go right back through these real quick. Buying Bruce Brown, forty point five percent three point shooter for the season. Selling Jamal Murray, shooting above forty percent in the second half of the season. Aaron Gordon, All Star, buy. Nuggets buyers at the trade deadline, buy. And Nuggets number one seed in the West, sell. Correct. All right, we'll be tracking these. Nice accounting. I will be tracking these for the rest of the season. With that, we're going to take a quick break. Come back and get your Twitter questions. Back from our little break, Mike. How was your break? Uh, it was lovely. What'd you do? Uh, more basketball research. <laughs> wow, that's, that sounds that's, great. That's that's what we call dedication. That sounds great. I'm I'm I am absolutely I'm reinvigorated with energy for the second half here. And what are we doing? We're answering your questions from Twitter, and we got a ton of them. Sadly, we will not be able to answer all of your questions, but we will address several. Uh, we're going to start start right here at the top. Andy Jokic, Jewett, Jewett, Soft J. What do you think? I don't Jewett. We're going to go with Jewett. The team needs defense. Christian Brown plays a lot of it. Every team I've ever coached been on benches the guys not playing it until they do. Any shot this will happen? Also, if the Nuggets play dog butt defense, it was not butt. Uh, they'll probably make it to the Western Conference Finals. They'll probably make it to the Western Conference Finals or Finals. Do they know that? And, and when they say dog butt defense, I believe he's meaning like good defense. Yes. Um, look, a number of questions. It seems like if, if there's a hot button issue with the Nuggets, it's, it's about Christian Brown. Um, you know, I, 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 ta- I asked Malone today about the rotations and unsolicited, he brought up Christian Brown. He said, I really want to get Christian Brown in the games. I know I have to get Christian Brown in the games. He is an impactful player. So what happens is the game starting and then he forgets that Christian Brown's on his bench. What, how does that work? Well, just so you know a little bit about Michael Malone, the dude plans his rotations to a T. So when stuff goes haywire in terms of someone bones gets hot someone gets into foul trouble it's hard for him to adjust that's like this is who he is okay so uh, if that's the case then how is he not finding minutes for christian brown he's not planning to find those minutes he wants to find them you know it's happy gilmore i wanted i wanted the ball in the (laughs) hole i just couldn't do it um so uh look I mean, what happens is when, when Jamal is staggering with that second unit, it's Jamal, Bones, and Bruce. And if you want to get Christian in there, that's a pretty small lineup. Like, that's not a, a lineup that can really bang with big units. Um, okay, but you don't have to do that. Right. But but if but if you've wrapped if you've designed on staggering with Jamal, then I don't know how you get around that. So so there needs to be different iterations that he looks at clearly. Um, what I do take away from what Malone said is that he's not oblivious, despite what Nuggets Twitter thinks. Like he's not oblivious to 
what Christian does well and how versatile and, and how well he's done as a rookie in, in, a, in a limited role. He's, he's, and he, he's not pouting. He doesn't, he carries himself like a pro and he appreciates that he's checked every box, which is why if I'm Christian Brown, I'm looking in the mirror going, man, what am I supposed to do here? That being said, you're 35 games into your career. It's going to be all right. You you got drafted by a loaded team. Well, he's not pouting. He's, he's not, but you're, you're the number one team in the West, and it should, it, it should, and I think this does, land with Christian that what he's doing matters, which you can't say about a ton of the rookies. What he When he does play, it matters. So he maybe he can take some solace in that. Um, the question specifically was, should guys get benched for not playing defense? Um, Michael Porter Jr. is a max player and you know, you can't just like, you can't just pull the rug out from under him. Um, just because his defensive engagement and awareness and wherewithal is not on the same level as, as Christian Brown. Michael Porter got paid because he scores the basketball, not because of what he does defensively. So no, you can't bench a guy for that. Bones, uh, is a guy who you, you know, you, you, you is a guy you've invested in and you're, it, there are growing pains that you have uh, signed up for. When you trade Monte Morris, you sign up for the growing pains of a second-year guard, of entrusting a second-year guard to run the offense, which, oh, by the way, means having him targeted on defense too. So, and I, and I think Bones can be a good defender when he locks in. He's, he's long and he's quick. Um, he's a little too, he's a little slighter than you want. Not a big dude. Not a big dude. Uh, can't figure out why they call him bones. Um, but, uh, so no, I don't think you bench guys, but the, the Christian thing, like, look, and it, and it might get even tougher when Jeff returns from his broken hand. Like you're just putting one more roadblock in front of him and that's, it's tough. Um, but I mean, would everybody be happier if Christian was getting 20, 25 minutes a game and the Nuggets were the seventh seed? Would everybody – would? well, what hill are we going to collectively choose to die on, guys? <laughs> Is there like a side group? Is there a side – you know, whenever Twitter blows up, has have the Nuggets Twitter already established where they convene? Shoot me a DM, somebody. <laughs> All right, next question. This is from Alec Gwynn, one of our favorites, by the way. Love Alec Gwynn. He's got great art. I heard AG has been showering Joker with presents. Any truth to that, Mike Singer? I can't speak to that. I'm curious where you've heard that. Um, I can't speak to that. Uh, However, I can lay out a scene post-game from a week or two ago that was pretty awesome. Uh Bruce Brown is is you know getting dressed and he like we already alluded to him as the cowboy. He's um he puts on his cowboy hat and this is just how Bruce rocks. He rocks he he rocks his Carhartts and his cowboy hats and he goes over to Joker, puts on puts on a, a cowboy hat on Joker's head. Okay, Joker the cowboy. You know we know he loves his horses. He's rocking the cowboy hat for a second in the post game locker room. Uh, and it's unclear whether Joker really likes it or not. Bruce goes, Joker, I'm gonna get you one. I'll get you a custom one. That's that's a big head. And uh, if we're lucky, along with one of his you know designer uh, suits, Joker will be rocking a, a Bruce Brown customized cowboy hat um, in the not so distant future. Hopefully on a TNT game. It's a good look for him, I'm sure. 
All right, I, I gotta I gotta ask this one. Um, not planned, but I, I just I just like it. It's too good. I notice Jokic often grabs the ball and talks to the ref during free throw attempts. What does he say to them? I don't know what he says, but it is a. I've noticed it too, and it's a very interesting quirk. He insists on grabbing the ball after an opponent shoots it. It's like he wants to like you know. He wants to like dust it up or mess it up like a pitcher might do. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, it's almost like a quirk of his that he has to touch the ball uh, before. I don't know what he says. Is he giving it the magic dually? I think you, did he's. Did you do the magic dually when you were there? I didn't. Okay, I did the magic dually. Uh, noted. Uh, I think that he's maybe casting a Serbian spell on the ball. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. my guess. Okay. I don't know what he says to the. Uh, there's no way he talks crap to, the, to a, an opposing shooter like, good luck with this one. Uh, except if it's Boban. He might definitely talk crap <laughs> to Boban. Um, but I, I don't know what he says, but he definitely needs to touch the ball. He needs to find out if it's still inflated perfectly <laughs> at, at each bounce. All right, next one. And we had a lot of, of, of these questions. This is from Alfredo Loria, at Alfredo Loria on Twitter. Are Nuggets active in the market for the trade deadline? If so, who from the current roster could be traded in your view well i'm gonna piggyback this one with another uh question which uh, i forget who it's from but it's oh i i think i know what you're talking about let me let me find that one it's from uh i think it's from um uh dirty dingus mcgee oh it's it's (laughs) from my man uh mr dingus (laughs) dirty dingus mcgee uh at writing uh gez Writing easy, 99. Sorry, writing easy at writing easy right now. Which is, should Nuggets seriously consider offers they may get for MPJ or Bones? So, similar question. I think that they're tied together. Um, if I'm Calvin Booth, there's there's no world where I'm hanging up the phone if somebody comes to me on Bones, or if somebody comes to me on Porter. Two, two things about that. Um, What's his best trade assets that he's willing to part with, maybe? Yeah, but but let's take a step back. And, and what do we know concretely, no ambiguity whatsoever? Was Calvin Booth in charge when Michael Porter Jr. signed a max deal? That'd be a no. Was Calvin Booth in charge when Bones Highland was drafted? Also no. Interesting. And irrefutable facts. So does... How does he feel about Mike? How does he feel about that max contract? You know, does he feel that it is movable? Does he? What is? How, how does the rest of the league see it? And do they view it differently than when Tim Connolly negotiated that deal? Um, an interesting question to ponder. Uh, and, and with Bones, what else do we know about Calvin Booth? What I'm getting at is look at the track record of players that he brought in. What do we know about KCP? He's a two-way player. Yep. What do we know about Bruce Brown? Two-way player. Both veterans, but two, by the way. What do we know about Christian Brown? That's a two-way guy. And uh, for the Grand Slam, what do we know about Peyton Watson? He's more of a, like a one-and-a-half-way guy. Okay. <laughs> so, so we hit a ground rule double. <laughs> um, the point is that there is... There's a track record uh, in a limited amount of time. There's a track record, uh, again, irrefutable about the type of player that Calvin, uh, you know, covets. And Bones has not Bones has not fit that mold. Um, and so, 
if a team is, you know, you're not, you're not, tr- you're not messing up the best starting five in basketball. You're not jeopardizing that. You actively just went out and traded um, for KCP. Uh, Calvin Booth was one of the leading guys in the AG trade. And you're not doing, and so the only one who can conceivably be moved, I guess, would be Porter from that from right. that starting group, right. off the bench. Um, but then you have to find salary too, right? So I'll, I'll give you a hypothetical on a Porter one that I thinks okay, I think's pretty juicy. Throw it at me. Oh boy, um, do we have to fire up the trade machine or, or no? But you look at but you look at um, Detroit and okay and and and, and Bojan. Um, <laughs> you're trading for Boyan. Just let me finish. Okay. So Boyan's, I think, making 18, 19 million a year. Porter's uh, 28, 29, 30 in yep. that in that ballpark. You need to up it. Uh, so you so you find another eight, nine, ten million dollar guy on Detroit. Okay. If you're Detroit, are you interested in Michael Porter Jr. in in you know getting a, a, an electric, a former lottery pick? I mean, yes, 14th. Um, uh, you know, a guy who can fill it up, one of the best shooters in the league. Are you interested in that as a young core that's trying to establish itself while acknowledging you're going to lose bogey um, and, you know, taking a calculated risk that you will have Porter under contract for X amount of years? And if you're the Nuggets, are you interested in getting a guy who is not as injury prone and is really good? And I don't know this, but I kind of want to assume that he's boys with Joker because <laughs> they're all boys with Joker. But and and also uh, a way to free up salary in the off season as well. Yes, but y- and that's a calculated risk on the Nuggets end too. Like again, this goes back to what? How does Calvin think about MPJ's contract? Can you? Would he have done it if you get it? If you get an exit route, can't do you take that exit route? I, w- I would say this about Detroit. Uh, one of the reasons why they might consider it is that is not a free agent destination outside of Great Jeremy. Point. Outside of Jeremy Grant, of course. That's a great point. So, again, these are questions we don't know the answers to. um, But if somebody comes to you and gives you a trade offer like that and you're Calvin Calvin Booth, there's no world where you're not listening, where you're hanging up the phone. Why wouldn't you entertain that? Um, And, you know, if – if you're if if you're a team that's that's looking for an exciting young player who has a ton of room to grow, um, and are willing to give up a more established guy, a more established point guard, and I'm, I'm not, I don't have examples, I don't know who that is, but I'm I'm saying what are the um, scenarios, what is the situation, the environment that could find matching trade partners for Bones? That's what you're looking for, uh, and I'm going to give you like and again we we I don't know exactly what their target is do you need a veteran guard do you need more wing um more wing help which has been reported uh you know that 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 was one of their targets do you need a backup five i put together a rough list okay okay hold on but before you get into that yeah there's there is one more question about this that i think also applies to okay so i'll be able to get to my list yes you will be okay denver crap wants to know it is literally a Denver. It's a poo emoji. Do you think the Nuggets would use their trade exception to add anyone? And I believe that's like what an eight or nine million dollar trade exception. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, this all gets to the targets. Okay, this, I don't, and I don't know specifically what the target is, um, but I know, but but I know the teams that they could come from. You know, 
a floundering team that ha- that has a, an expiring, that has a, maybe a guy who can help you compete now. Um, you know, you have uh, look to Minnesota and our friend and our friend Tim Connolly. What's Nas Reed doing? Nas Reed, I think, is an unrestricted free agent this summer. Uh, a good backup five who's been producing. Um, I like that idea. What about Thomas Bryant? Depending on what the Los Angeles Lakers do, would they want to part with him? I don't know, but you know, what's the what pick a lane, Los Angeles? And Thomas Bryant has been really good. He he smoked the Nuggets when yes. they when they faced them um, in L.A. Uh, I already mentioned Bogdanovich. Um, that's the Detroit Bogdanovich. I think uh, there's a lot of eyes on Washington right now with Kuzma, who, which I don't think that they should go for. Um, but what about Rui Hachimura? Um, I've heard his name bandied about a little I'm not, bit. I'm not in love with Rui. I mean, do the Nuggets need another forward? Sign me up. <laughs> um, what about Sacramento and Rashawn Holmes? He oh, I love Rashawn Holmes. He's been a Nuggets killer. Um and I think he's making too much to, to make it work, but I, you know he has a lot of money left. But I don't think he's in the rotation in Sacramento. So without knowing exactly who, um, who what position they're targeting, it, you know, look if you look on the wing, uh, I think we've mentioned Alex Caruso before, and what oh, chi- love, what that, Chicago does. What, what that he would be a great addition. Yes. I mean, he's a two way guy. That's the two-way guy you're talking about there, and you can play him at guard. Yeah, you know what? You know how many points he's averaging? Uh, I'm gonna guess like six point seven. Uh, pretty good. I think he's at like five. So is he? You know, can he? He? he if you were to move bones in a in a like in a, in a hypothetical, where are you gonna replace the offense from? You're not getting it from my man Caruso. No, but he's not. It's not like he's a bad offensive player. But. You, Bones is Bones has a very unique skill set and right. is really good at it. You don't have shot creation coming back. Um, and uh, two other two other wings that I wanted to mention. Um, Jaden McDaniel's really good in uh, you know w- for Minnesota. They're, they're not trading him. His brother Jalen McDaniel's is also good for Charlotte. Okay, and Charlotte's going nowhere fast. Yes. Um, so is he a guy that is is gettable? Uh, one other name that I wanted to just float is what about Caleb Martin in um, in Miami? He's averaging ten points a game. Would they want to trade him though? I, I, I mean, I, I'm saying who? What what is their affinity for Bones? I don't know. I I mean, don't they kind of have a guy like Bones already? With um, oh, what's his name? God, I can't remember his name now. Who's what's his name? Tyler Hero. Yeah, Tyler Hero. Yeah, Isn't he like be, a rich be man's a, that'd bones? Be a fun backcourt. Um, I'm I'm totally speculating, but I'm saying, you know, who are the targets? Who are lists? What type of guys could you get? And, and you're not looking unless you traded Porter. You're not getting a guy who is a starting level caliber player. You're right. getting a margin guy. Yeah, so who are the margin guys? Yeah. Who are the margin guys available? Um, would Phoenix entertain a, a deal for Jay Crowder? I know that Crowder yes. has. I, they, I think they were they're shopping Crowder everywhere at this for, point, for sure. But they probably want to replace a Crowder with, you know, they need wing depth. Yeah. Um, Cam Johnson is what's his? You know, I know that he's hurt. You, right. You, you, they need wing depth. Right. So do the Nuggets have somebody to entertain that idea? Devon Reed, maybe. I, don't I mean, would they would they part with uh, Christian Brown? 
Um, that would be a tough, that would be a, a tough really, pill to swallow. I, I, I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, the money doesn't work. I'm, I'm um, assuming that Calvin Booth has like a centerfold of Christian Brown somewhere in his house. I think uh, I'm unconvinced that you don't. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, yes, you sh- they should be entertaining. Uh, you, this they're not in a posi- like when you are so close to contending, you. You listen and you say, "Okay, we'll get back to you." Um, I don't. I, I don't necessarily think that they're outwardly shopping, but um, I do think that you listen and 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 you see. It, it is. It would be unbecoming of Calvin to not listen uh, when they're this close, and and especially when you have a player of Joker's caliber who he knows he needs to maximize. I mean, you talk about being aggressive. Calvin knows what he has in Joker. Well, one thing just to add on your your comments. One thing we know about. Uh, Kroenke, one thing we know about KSE, when they see an opportunity to win a title, they go all out to win it. What did the Los Angeles Rams do? They traded every first-round pick they had until 2030. What did the Colorado Avalanche do? They traded a ton of picks and a ton of prospects to get the guys they needed to win the Stanley Cup. So if you're thinking about that, they probably have the backing if they if they're convinced that they have a title that they can win. This one's going to be uncomfortable, but um, you know if if you think that Bruce Brown's not coming back, oh no, don't do that. Don't, if you don't, don't think Bruce Brown's coming back, and you think you can get a guy uh, of that value um, that has on, another year or two on his contract, these are the thought exercises that NBA GMs go through. I'm not saying that I'm I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I'm saying you don't dismiss it out of hand because there is logic behind it. So I know that that's another tough pill to swallow. All of these are tough pills to swallow. People love their players. People love their guys. Um, everybody loves Bones. Everybody loves Bruce and and to a certain degree Mike. Um, but the, if we're talking about titles, man, how many people are on are in the circle of trust and are expendable? And Calvin's asking himself that right now. Oh, gosh, that would be so sad to see Bruce Brown go after he'd already endeared himself to the Nuggets fan it's, base. It's, it's, it's not the point. The point no, is I that, get what you're saying. The point is you have to consider. Right. And, and logically, it makes a lot of sense. Logically, it makes a lot of sense. On occasion, we are logical on this podcast. <laughs> All right. One last question from uh, our listeners on Twitter. Joel Morin, loyal listener, by the way. I've, I've heard from Joel quite a bit. What is Malone's reputation around the league with former undeveloped Nuggets? And when he has undeveloped, it's in quotations, by the way. Are there any quiet negative rumblings that you've heard? The post-Malones, by the way. Yeah, I mean, this is not a secret. Like, there are guys who he who he missed on. Um, and, and, you know, give bowl, us, bowl. give us some truth serum. Um, maybe he would cop to it, but, uh, you know, does Jeremy Grant fall under that category? Does Isaiah Hartenstein fall under yes. that category? Bull, um, yes. Jared Vanderbilt, Malik. Yes. yes. You know, there's a lot. And, and other, other organizations look at him and they're like, well, okay. One person's miss and is another is another team's gain, and he has a reputation for not playing young guys and for um, being extra loyal to veterans. And um, has it come at the cost of the Nuggets? Perhaps, uh, but 
Michael Malone's also a really good coach yes. who's who's won a lot of games. And when you talk about the fourth longest tenured coach in the NBA, um, when you have that long of a track record, everyone's got warts. Right, and he's, what, the second most successful Nuggets coach at this point? Lobby, almost approaching being the most successful. I'm just going to say, the grass is not always greener, you know? Pitchforks be damned. <laughs> like, it's he's really good. And... You know, there's a lot of built up, there's a lot of built up institutional knowledge that they have, that they have accrued. And, and, you know, this team is on the precipice of, of, of title contention. Um, It's tough to see with all the Joker and Jamal have gone through. It's tough to see them completely buying into a totally new voice at this juncture. All right. That's the end of our Twitter questions. We are going to do one more thing. We're going to make Mike Singer sit through this. Apple reviews. We're finally doing it. We've got a few more um, and uh, I, some pretty good ones, I might add. Uh, we already did Mike Singer is the best, right? We did that last time. I did probably a family member of Mike Singer, we're going to say. Right, here we go. This is from Zeb Mowers. Uh, um, five stars. Way to go, Zeb. Nice work on that. Mike, Here's the, this is the title. Mike a plus Matt A. Hey. Hey, nice. there you go. Thanks, Zeb. And the comment is, best pod for Nugs fans out there. As Sean said on Twitter, Mike Singer does some nice thing nice uh expletive ing journalism. While Matt helps out by singing the intro outro and making fun of Mike's home. I'd give that an A. All right, great pub. Yeah, A for you, Zeb. A for you. All right, here we go. Next one up. This is from T Wolves 2 Is this uh, Tim Conley? You think Tim Conley's rating right the pod? Uh, very likely. Five stars from Tim Conley, uh, T Wolves 2 A slick corner three. That is the title. What I like best about Nuggets Inc., along with the pun in the title, is that Matt Schubert and Denver Post sports writer Mike Singer. While they play all their homework cards skillfully, clearly love the game of basketball, especially as it is played at the NBA level. Yes, this is a Nuggets-centric enterprise, but both Matt and Mike know the game and want to share their affection for it and their reasons for that affection with listeners. It's very nice. Very nice from Tim. We really, Tim Connolly, thanks for that review. <laughs> really appreciate that. 5,000% not Tim Connolly. <laughs> All right, one more, one more here. This is from Rutrow. Um, the title is, I thought Matt was a 75-year-old man. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> this show is really good. The guys are knowledgeable and funny. That said, based on his opinions and voice, I thought Matt was a 75-year-old man. That's the best comment we've ever Turns had. out the only thing about him that is old is his hairline. Oof. Wow. That's perfect. He gave us five stars, and that's a great review. That that is. We're down with that. If we have a template for reviews, that that's it right there. Definitely. That's, so, all right. Last. That's the last one we're going to read. Please, if you can, old man, seventy-five year old here, saying, go to iTunes, subscribe on iTunes to Nuggets Inc. And give us a five star review, and then tell the truth. We suck. It's fine. We understand that, but just give us five stars. Okay. Mike Singer, my dog's in heat. We got problems now. We got to get out of here. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, man. 
Talk soon. Turn around. You're living in the shadow of someone else's dream.